I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, welcome to the Bible study. Or, yeah, I guess it's a Bible, it's a Bible study. It's just a chapter of morning. Mm-hmm. Studying it with uh, Cole Anders, Laura here. And Paul here. Pastor. Pastor Paul Colander. <laughs> I am, but this is We're... just us talking about the Bible and people listen in, so. Right. Again, We're uh, reading through Acts. Today we are on chapter 15. So let's just get started. Some men came down from... Judea to Antioch, and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way. Okay, okay the church in Jerusalem. Or the church in Antioch. The men came down from Judea. From to Judea. Antioch. So they came from Jerusalem. But they, they went, went up to Jerusalem to see. You always go up to Jerusalem. I know. So then they went down. I'm just wondering in verse 3, the church sent them on their way. So yeah, I would take that as the church in Antioch where Paul was commissioned uh, to go on his first journey. I don't know. Let's come back to that. I don't know about which church he's talking about. I would assume it's the one they're at where they're um, having the question. Anyway. Continuing. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Oh, see, we just had to read a little further. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse 5. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving them the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No, we believe that it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved, just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among them and among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described how to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. And then... Sorry, just real quick there. The note is that's Simon Peter. Mm-hmm. So Peter has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the gen- 
from the Gentiles, a people for himself. The words of the prophet are in agreement with this, as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. In its ruins I will rebuild, and I will restore it, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things, that they have been known for ages. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses had been pre- er, for Moses had been preached in every city from the earliest times, and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. Ooh, sorry, I stumbled a lot when I was reading that. It's okay. It's just a long section. It's a long section. So this section covering the council at Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And they're discussing whether or not new believers in Gentile countries need to be circumcised. Yeah, well, even more than that, the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees that were converted to Christianity, wanted them to obey other laws as well um, from the old Levitical laws and, and I mean that would be all the kosher things and you know clothing that they were supposed to wear um, so are you, are you talking about this verse here verse 20 that says abstain from food polluted by idols from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood? Are those the no. Levitical laws you're talking about? Those, well, those are the, the things that they send out still to the Gentiles. Stay away from these things. And I think a big reason for that is a lot of those were connected to uh, temp, like, worshiping false gods Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not that you can't come into the church if you're a gentile it's just stay away from the things of paganism that have led you know israel away in the past Mm -hmm. and that's the suggestion it's not okay you have to have be circumcised because that's what simon says that our fathers weren't why we're going to put this yoke on people that people didn't follow. I mean, there was the Sabbath day, but many of the Jews throughout their time didn't honor the Sabbath day. They were supposed to have a year of jubilee where they didn't plant anything every 49 years. or every, Yeah. And they, they never did that. There were just so they many... They never di- did that? Rarely. Never ever? I know that there's... At one point, is it when they go to Babylon or somewhere else... Um, one of the prophets says, now the land will have uh, a Sabbath because you did not do it in the past. Mm. Yeah, I was just listening through Leviticus, and uh, yeah, that's in Leviticus. Um, And I was thinking about that because you don't, I hadn't heard about it too much elsewhere in the Bible, but yeah, God, it was like every seven years they do something, and then every... 50th year they do something else and like 
they don't plant and they do all this other like give land back to the original family and well that they did repay debts and things and yeah so the giving the land back to the original family is a big deal because that would ensure that family names would never be lost so if your you know great grandfather was a degenerate gambler and lost all your money and had to sell your land mm-hmm. the next generation would still get that land back and it was to ensure that you didn't have this conglomerate so that yeah. you can trace the line of the savior all the way back to king david because you know that okay, okay this is always judea and this we is shut always... off on a tangent here no it's, people this didn't is... always follow the levitical laws is what you're saying right so he's saying, if people can't follow, why are we going to put these on the yoke or this yoke on the shoulders of these people? Mm-hmm. Like the whole point is you believe in Jesus and you're saved. So in verse um, oh, 13, it says, when they finished, James spoke up. The note I have here is this is James, the brother of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, he's agreeing with them. He's saying, yeah that we should be going to the Gentiles and we should not make it difficult for them. And then let's just only tell them these things that are related to um, religious practices. And then he's kind of agreeing with them. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. So the next section says the council's letter to the Gentile believers. Let's read that. Verse 22. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, two men who were leaders among the brothers. With them, they sent the following letter. So this is the letter section. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We have heard that some that some went out from us without authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed and chose some men and, and sent them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. So that's the letter. Mm-hmm. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the brothers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Anything you'd like to say about the letter or the delivery of it? The delivery is the fact that they sent witnesses Mm -hmm. from the council so they knew it's not just Paul and Barnabas who had one side of the argument coming back and going yeah this is how it is but that it's representatives of the council and 
it's just such a good practice that they show here. There were two sides of an argument. And when a decision was made, then it became unanimous. And mm-hmm. everyone said, this is what we're going to do. And we move forward. And mm-hmm. we still have that practice in our church. If we have a vote on something, and it's even if it's 51-49, and we decide that we're going to do something, then there's almost always a vote afterwards. Vote to make this unanimous. And everyone does, because that's what our church decides. We're a united group. We're not, Hmm. you know, there's not parties going back and forth and going, well, next time we're going to change this. We are this body that uses the gifts we have, and we all move together as best that we can. So... Hmm. It's, you know, it's interesting that they send... Well, it's not interesting. It's great that they send people from Jerusalem that have this standing to go out and uh, validate the claims. All right. I don't have much to add on this section. I feel like it's pretty... Pretty much just kind of repeating what they agreed on. You know, they agreed on these things, and then they write the letter. Um well, I guess the only thing I would say is to, it, it's a good warning to avoid legalism that's out there. It's always easy to try and add extra laws to the Bible of things that we think are right. And some of them might be well-intentioned, you know, I mean, the circumcision might have been, you know, we want to be connected to our ancestry that is there and these traditions um but it's easy well i could see why it would be confusing at the time because they have this you know moses and the prophets and that's all they Mm -hmm. have and the word of mouth teachings of jesus christ but they don't you know it's been this tradition in the culture for so many years that we're different, we're set apart, we're God's special people, and anyone who comes into, you know, this faith or this culture has to do this, and now they're kind of saying, no, you don't have to, and because, you know, of a couple visions that Peter had, and Mm -hmm. so for people who've not been really talking to Peter, you know, leaders in synagogues and faraway places, I could see where this would be like new news to them, and kind of concerning you're changing thousands of years of religion yeah but then when you tradition. show or when peter and barnabas that's why it's important it's after the first journey yeah talk about all of the amazing things that god had done to the gentiles right through them then they say oh so well. there's like proof well proof now yeah yeah all right so let's keep going here the last section of verse or of chapter 15 says disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. Verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, 
But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Sorry, I always have to pause when I see the word Cilicia. I still can't say it. Because I want to say... Cecilia? No. <laughs> Sicily. Oh. Um, of Sicily. Oh, no. Don't. Don't start singing it this time. Um, yeah. Sil- Cilicia? Cilicia? Anyway. I don't think that's the same place as Sicily, is it? Or does it become Sicily? That would be confusing. Anyway. So, they went through to some other churches. So, what? What chapter was that? A while back, Mark left them. And at that time, when we read that, I didn't think it was very confrontational. He just went back to Jerusalem. He did not continue with them. Well, it doesn't tell us the reason why he did it. Yeah. It, you know, we don't know if he was just young and he was homesick, or he didn't enjoy it, or... I mean, we we really have no idea the reason that he left. But whatever it was, Paul thought it would be a burden to bring him along. Well, so, okay, are you sure about that? Because as I read it here, Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. So is he mad that he deserted and like thinks oh he's not trustworthy we he might desert us again or is he saying it's not wise because he wanted to go with Barnabas to the churches they had planted like this is the work we did we should go check up on it Mark didn't he wasn't a part of this church so why should he come you know like he's not going to be useful to bring because no one there knows him like he doesn't have connections or history so which way I guess is there two ways to look at that or I don't know yeah I don't think it would be the that he doesn't have connections to these churches you know I don't think Paul is that way I always I always understood it to mean that he did not think that it would be helpful to bring him along because he had deserted them because he left him behind. And, I mean, if you're going on a missionary journey with three people, you have different responsibilities. You have, you know, different things that you're doing, chipping into this small group. And if one leaves, if you can't rely on that person, you don't want to travel with them for, you know, years mm-hmm. together yeah. to all these different places. It, especially if they're flaky or... Um, not strong enough for the task. I mean, if they just he deserted them just after the proconsul, and one guy that was was that bar Jesus, you know, in mm-hmm. uh, Cyprus, he didn't even experience Paul, you know, being stoned and almost put to death, and all of these terrible things. So, if if he was afraid then or he didn't like the ministry then, Paul could be thinking, it got so much worse after that, mm, you know, from a worldly point of saying. view, that how is he going to be able to handle this? Yeah. 
So there's a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Is Late- that a spoiler to say that later this gets resolved? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's a, it, again, it's not that Paul... Um, I have a note that, that I wrote here to myself that hmm. says, Later the Lord restored unity. And um, to look for First Corinthians 9, verse 6. And Second Timothy four verse eleven, so he must mention, um, and maybe not next, maybe he does. But I wrote those two things down. But he must mention that he, he and Barnabas, resolved their disagreement, and maybe he, you know, isn't mad at Mark anymore. No, right? he and John Mark, John Mark. Rizzo, um okay. Yeah, and I, th- he says that uh, he has and become this is a- Mark again of. The book of Mark. Mark. Yeah. Okay. And he he says that John Mark has become this great blessing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, he, he he views him as a blessing rather than a burden. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's good that they moved past it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so in summary, they had one of their first disagreements about Gentiles and circumcision. Paul ended up writing a lot about this. Mm-hmm. In which books? First uh, Corinthians. Is it in Romans? And in too? Romans. Yeah, Romans. Especially like the first, or like chapters, is it, I think it's two through four of Romans. And they, just living by the law and grace you know mm-hmm. that was a big passage out of this section today chapter 15 verse uh, 11 we believe that it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we are saved just as they are so I feel like that's we're getting into the most a lot of this is history and a lot of it is you know what happens first and Mm-hmm. second and third and fourth and who goes where but um there's a lot of important teachings and i don't know i guess you say mandates or votes well, <laughs> important we, church establishments yeah. that they're making right now that are setting the stage for we're very different than you know what you had believed mm-hmm. when we talk about principles in the bible Usually we try and figure out if something is prescriptive, which means the Bible explicitly says do this or don't do this, or descriptive, where it shows uh, a, a clear example of why something is good or bad throughout the Bible. Um, so, for example, there's in the Old Testament, there's the sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. But there and there is not an explicit thing that says you shall not take more than one wife. So that's why some churches say, Oh, well polygamy is fine. But then when you look throughout the Old Testament at the people that had more than one wife, every single time, every single time, it turns out terribly for their family. And there's just terrible marriages that take place. So you have the prescriptive, you should not commit adultery, and then the descriptive shows what happens when you break this commandment in these ways. 
And a lot of the book of Acts is descriptive about trusting in God and traveling. And there are a few of these passages, like the passage about grace there, that are very prescriptive Hmm. about how everyone is saved. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Well... Next section is verse or chapter 16. Mm, it's a little longer. And talks about Timothy and some of our some more missionary more journeys. So we'll discuss some more tomorrow. Again, if you have any questions or we kind of went through this one a little fast. If there's anything where you had a question, feel free to email. Email pastor at the springs lutheran dot org, mm-hmm. and uh, pastor will look over your questions and get those answered. Hopefully, um, I hope you have a great day. See you guys tomorrow. Bye bye. Scooby dooby dooby doo wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.